When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, 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 always tell you, smart speaker, to play ESPN Radio. Who were good and who were bad and who are we pointing the finger at? We're going to do that when it comes to the best and worst of the NFL weekend in 10 minutes. You know it better as three up and three down. But there was no doubt at the Harry Douglas on Thursday when he was on Get Up, Everybody Get Up, 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And he said, hey, the Green Bay Packers, they're an improving team. He picked them to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And people said, oh, Harry Douglas. Oh, man, he needs to be drug tested. Well, how now, Brown Cow? Because look what happened on Sunday with the Green Bay Packers. And Jordan Love, and you pointed this out before we got started. It wasn't the fact that he was 25 or 36, 267 yards, three touchdowns, not one pick. It was the way he looked. A confident, confident dude just by his facial expressions and his demeanor. Freddie, I say this. The last time Jordan Love played against this football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, it looked terrible. It really did. Devontae Adams was still on that football team, and you've seen it in his body language that he wasn't happy that Jordan Love had to fill in for Aaron Rodgers for him being hurt. I think it was either hurt or he had COVID, one of the two. Yeah, COVID. That's what yep, it was. He had yep. COVID. But this time around, the Jordan Love that I seen out there on that football field last night was confident. Nothing bothered him. Nothing rattled him. And we're seeing a Jordan Love the last three games, three hundred, I mean, 857 yards, eight touchdowns to zero interceptions that is really embracing and taking on that role of being the quarterback of the future for the Green Bay Packers. You look at his numbers and when Aaron Rodgers started his first year and the numbers are very you know, similar. Mm-hmm. So when I'm watching this young man play the game, man, and his athleticism like really jumps out on the charts, but I think the play action. Last night, they were able to get the run game going on that first drive. So when the run, run game gets to going, now that allows you to have that play action game. And I said this multiple times already, and I'm going to say it again. In a few years, this skill position group of the Green Bay Packers will be the best in the national Football League. They're doing everything that they're doing right now with first and second year players. You look at the tight end last night, Tucker, Tucker Craft, and then they're not even playing with Luke Musgrave. Yeah, he's out with him. Luke Musgrave's not even playing right now. Mm-hmm. But between, you know, Watson and Romeo Dobbs and um, Jaden Reed, all those guys, man, are really stepping up and they're growing together. And I say young guys, and Jordan loves in that as well. This is his first year start. But they have the opportunity to grow together, speak the same language, relate to one another because they're around the same age. And that's going to pay huge dividends for this football team, and I think it is right now at this moment. Mm -hmm. But a few years down the line, we're going to look back at this three-game stretch that they're on right now. Who knows where else it's going to go and say that's when it really started to turn the corner for the Green Bay Packers from an offensive standpoint in this offensive skill group. That's why it didn't make any sense about a month ago when the Packers put it out there. Oh, the future. I don't know if Jordan Love is going to be the future. We're hoping. 
I don't know why you would say that about a guy that you literally drafted to push Aaron Rodgers out of the room at this organization. So why all of a sudden his first full year being the guy, being game planned against, where you ready to say, well, after this year, I don't know. Because Jordan Love has made them look stupid. Again, another quarterback making the Packers organization look stupid. Because why would you put that out there? The support that he needed, you didn't provide for him. And I get it. You're going through a four-game losing streak. But ever since then, they've won four out of the last five games. He has beaten a guy on the road in Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions 10 days ago. And then he beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes last night in Green Bay. All he needed was a chance to let everybody know, look, we're going to make this work. But you got to be patient. We're essentially a new football team, a new organization that we're starting over with. They are very lucky that Jordan Love looked like that last night on off the football field and sounded like that after the game last night. You know, for me personally, it's just obviously I've had this game, you know, circled for a long time. It's my first start. Um, obviously didn't play how I wanted to the first game. So being able to see these guys again and, and get the victory is huge. You know, it's it just a great team win tonight. Everybody just balled out. So it was an awesome win. Sometimes that's the problem with the Packers organization. They got too many people don't know what the hell they're talking about. When they tried to push out Aaron Rodgers and finally that happened, well, we want our organization back. Dude, it's not your organization. Mm-hmm. It's the Packers organization. And then four weeks ago, well, we don't know if, if Jordan loves the future of this organization. I mean, we have to see more. They got to touch the end of Devin Kane. I got to see it. Well, why'd you draft the guy for? If you knew you already had it and a guy that could eventually play well as a first-round pick, and now all of a sudden, oh, man, Jordan Love's fantastic. If I'm Jordan Love, I wouldn't trust those dudes above my pay, my pay grade and title grade if, if my life depended on. Because as quickly <laughs> as they'll give you praise, they'll turn yeah, on you yeah, in a throw second. Throw you away. Absolutely. So they are very lucky that Jordan Love is Jordan Love, not in terms of quarterback, but also as a personality. Because you can clearly see, Harry, how they rallied around him. Because I guarantee you, they all heard that and said, nah, you're not going to do that to our boy. We got something for y'all when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Freddie, when they kept doing the close-ups on Jordan Love last night, his facial expression expressed nothing but confidence. His facial expression showed me that he's in control. He loves doing what he's doing. He loves his teammates, embraces those guys. And let me let you guys know their their, their uh, 2023 draft picks and how those guys are playing right now. We all know about Lucas Van Ness on the defensive side, but let me speak on the offensive side. Well, with their second round pick, they took Luke Musgrave. With their second round pick, again, they took Jaden Reed. With their third round pick, they took Tucker Kraft. With with their fifth round pick, they took Dontavius Wicks. With their seventh round pick, they took Grant DeBose, who's made plays this season too. And I didn't even mention mm-hmm. Watson, who they took a season ago. Yeah. And I didn't even mention Romeo Dobbs, who they took a season ago. So the decisions that they've made the last two years when Drafting it when it's has come been to, terrific. Yes. Oh man, it's yeah. been unbelievable. And I remember in 2022, we kept talking about when Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, these wide receivers and how he's frustrated with them. Well, it looked like they're doing pretty well right now with Jordan Love at the quarterback position for them. And especially playing that way for him and balling out for him. It's amazing what happens when you exhibit a little bit of patience, especially the guy that you drafted in the first round to take over when Aaron Rodgers was going to be finally done or you were going to be finally done with him. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, this may be the year. That the Kansas City Chiefs may not have what they want, Harry. Uh-oh. This may be the first time since Patrick Mahomes has been in the National Football League that he may have to do something he doesn't want to do. That is play a playoff game on the road. After losing last night, they are behind Jacksonville, who plays tonight on Monday Night Football against Cincinnati, the Miami Dolphins, and the Baltimore Ravens for the best record in the AFC and that number one seed. 
Check out what Patrick Mahomes had to say about the current state of the Kansas City Chiefs and how the referees really, really missed one that probably took away the best chance for his team to tie that game and to go in overtime. I mean, obviously we're not where we want to be at, um, but uh, I mean, I feel like we're close. We're playing a lot of good football teams really well, winning some of those games, losing some of those games, and so uh, we're kind of in the, the the go zone now where we got to try to get it going uh, through the stretch, um, and uh, all we can do is learn from this game and, and be focused on an, another challenge this next week uh, coming at uh, Tarahood. It is what it is, man. I mean, they obviously the guy was probably a little early, but at the end of the game, they're letting guys play. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of about that. I really, you let the guys play and let the guys win it on the field. Um, but uh, it's hard, to, it's hard, it's a hard job, man. So uh, it's not. When we're in that situation. I can't be wanting a flag. I have to try to go out there and win the game myself and with the rest of my teammates. At least for this year, the days of Kansas City winning those games, 35-31, are over. The defense is good. But you can run on that defense. And they had an injury after an injury last night. They're hoping to get guys back. But for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, it can't just be about winning those shootout games or saying we can put up 35 anytime I want to because that's not going to be the case. And even with their schedule, they have more than enough winnable games. It's not a far gone, foregone conclusion that they're not going to get a number one seed. But Harry, if they're going to get it, there's got to be a different way of doing that in Kansas City when you got the Bills, the Patriots, the Raiders, and Bengals and Chargers. That schedule plays out in favor of them, but there better be some things they clean up because they're not the same old Chiefs from before. Yeah, right now the number one C is owned by the Miami Dolphins because they own the tiebreaker of the Baltimore Ravens. And I would say this, when you look at the AFC as a conference, if I'm Miami, if I'm Baltimore, and if I'm Jacksonville, I'm saying to myself, I have an excellent opportunity right now to get this number one seed. So let us step our game up, right? I, I just can't look at it through the lens of, you know what, Kansas City and their schedule, the whole not- I'm yeah. looking at the other teams as well that's saying this is our chance to take that number one seed away from Kansas City, mm-hmm. get Patrick Mahomes and company away from Kansas City, Missouri, and have them have to come and have us have num- the number one seed. When I say us, the Miami Dolphins, where we know it's hot as hell down there, the humid. <laughs> right. The Baltimore Ravens, in which they've had the number one seed previous beforehand, but they want to have a better showing if they end up getting that this season. But what about Duval, the Jacksonville Jaguars? Can you imagine Mm -hmm. if they're able to get the number one seed and what that stadium down there with the pool at the top? Mm -hmm. you got bikinis everywhere up top during the football game. And I leave it right there, Freddie. Not not that you noticed. No, no, I've noticed. You know, I just played there. I, I ain't noticed nothing. <laughs> sure. I noticed wink, nothing. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no I more, say no I more. Was, I was focused on catching uh, the football yeah, and warm-ups. Yeah, every day more lies. I if took it, a glance. I lied. I took a glance. Atta boy. I knew the truth would set us free one way or the other. <laughs> I would trust Baltimore and Miami being a better number one seed than Jacksonville. I'm still not sold on the Jaguars. There's something about them that's still missing a little bit. With Miami, like you mentioned, they get a number one seed. They've been begging and waiting for that in Miami for a long, long time. And the way the Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill have been dialing up that offense and that defense has gotten better a little bit rushing the passer, that could be very dangerous. They have the number one seed at home. And the Baltimore Ravens, that crowd is medieval when they have home playoff games. And now they got an offensive firepower where they can make that work and make that justified. I'll trust those two teams 
in terms of having a number one seed and making that work more than Duval and the pool and the bikinis and all those things going on <laughs> when it comes to Jacksonville. Like we mentioned, Jacksonville tonight playing Cincinnati Bengals, part of Monday Night Football, that game on ABC, ESPN, and the Manning cast on ESPN2. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can send you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. So do yourself a favor and visit Progressive.com. From the top stories in sports, this is a huge story to the bottom. So we reach the bottom of the barrel. This is three up, three down. You're going to find out whose praises get sung and who gets stung. You know better as three up and three down, the best and worst of the each and every weekend in the National Football League. And we always flip it. Last week, three downs my territory. This week, three down to be Harry's territory, which means I get the good when it comes to number one. Oh, the 49ers. Take your pick. <laughs> the defense, the offense, the quarterback Purdy, Brock Purdy. Early on, it was not looking good for the offense. Then after that, they ran away and hid from the Philadelphia Eagles. Normally, a player that gets into it with a fan or a security worker, the player doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. But that happened with Dre Greenlaw getting to a big Dom who's in charge of security for the Philadelphia Eagles. They both got ejected. It didn't even slow down the 49ers. As of right now, Harry, they have the best team in the National Football League. They get my number one up for this weekend. Now, my number one down, it's unfortunate that this player got hurt in their game this weekend versus the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Tank Dale. I was devastated when this young man got hurt because he's having a phenomenal rookie season. And C.J. Stroud, the quarterback of the Houston Texans, went to bat for Tank Dale. He went to the front office. He went to his head coach and said, hey, man, I need y'all to draft Tank Dale so we can be together in Houston. They did that. It has been amazing this season. But unfortunate that he's not going to be playing anymore the rest of the season. So that's why that's my number one down because I enjoy watching this young man love the game, respect the game, but showing up and showing out when he was in the game. So Tank Dale, I'm sending multiple prayers to you, my man. Sad to see you not play the rest of the year. Number two. His name is Love. Jordan Love, and he has become that guy for the Green Bay Packers. All of a sudden, not being in the playoffs is not something that the Packers can have to deal with. They're in the mix to be in the playoffs, and he's been a big, big part of that. Early on, yet he had his struggles. There was frustration with him. There's no frustration unless you're an opposing defense trying to play Jordan Love. Not only beating the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day and playing that way, but then you got the big bad wolf on the other side known as Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs defense, and Jordan Love was magnificent. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers, close to 270 yards passing. His name is Love, Jordan Love, and he may be only getting started. Now, my number two down, Freddie, I apologize for this. Sam Pierce, I apologize for this. All my Jets fans out there, I apologize for this. The New York York Jets are my number two down, and here's why. What? All I kept hearing this season is that your Falcons better not lose to the Jets. Your Falcons better not lose to the Jets. Well, guess what? They forgot to put gas in the damn jet, and it didn't even take off. But you want to know what soared in the air? That damn Falcon bird did. Now, let's get to some numbers. Third downs. The New York Jets were two for 15. Horrible. 11 penalties during the game yesterday. Terrible. Three turnovers during the game yesterday. 
unbelievably terrible. <laughs> the New York Jets scored eight points. Lord Jesus, take the wheel. That's why they're my number two down. And, Freddie, I couldn't wait for this opportunity. I can't believe because you. Because the Jets were horrible yesterday. I can't believe you lied to our face by saying I apologize. We don't want your full apologies. <laughs> we don't want your false, false sorrow. <laughs> we know you meant every word because, like you said, you couldn't wait until that Pop Warner football game was over to just stick out your chest and say, J-E-T-S, please just end the season. It they forgot to put gas in the jet, man. The jet couldn't even take off. Did they even build the jet? No. Thank did. you. But before we can even talk about gas in the jet, did, <laughs> did, it, did, did R&D no sign engine. off? There's no engine in it. Not, no engine. No, there are no pilots. There are no stewardesses. <laughs> there, are no, there, are no, um, there are no peanuts. There's no cranberry <laughs> juice. Nothing. That plane never left the hangar as far as the Jets are concerned. Number three. How about Gardner Minshew, the Indianapolis Colts? Talk about a guy who's made a wonderful career, not only as a career backup, but a guy that can win you football games. By the way, in case you missed it, the Indianapolis Colts, they are winners of four in a row. Yeah, I know. It's the Patriots. It's the Panthers. It's the Buccaneers. It's the Titans. Big deal. It's the NFL. It's hard to win games. And Gardner mentioned yesterday throwing the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime on the road. I know the Titans are awful. But in overtime, people thought this season was lost without Anthony Richardson. Gardner mentioned yesterday 312 yards and two touchdowns, including a game-winning touchdown. And all of a sudden, you got a Colts team at 7-5 and five and 5-1 five and one on the road. The Colts are something and doing something special. And Gardner Minshew, take a bow, my brother. Take a bow. Also, shout out to Shane Steichen, their head coach. He's done an unbelievable job. Your rookie yep. quarterback, who you name a starter, goes down. But Minshew Mania, he's making a case to be a starter somewhere next year with his play on that football field, especially on this win streak that they have going on. Now, maybe my the, number maybe three the Jets. down. Who knows? <laughs> my number three <laughs> down. <laughs> it's going to be Dre Greenlaw getting ejected. I don't think the Big Dom should have been ejected. Can we stop being so soft all the time? We see it in the NBA. Guys talking to each other. Tech, tech, tech. Mm -hmm. Soft as damn cotton. Everybody's soft nowadays. But we got Dre Greenlaw getting ejected from a game in which it could have cost the San Francisco 49ers. It didn't, luckily, because that would be the story today. But I just think we got to get out of this softness that we are, that we actually have in our world today and, 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 and put our big boy pants and our big girl pants on and stop being so sensitive all the time if you're in the national football league if you decide to fire a guy for being part of the whole thing with tyree kill and the camera and the cell phone and you're like that 20 year old to lose his job there's no way you can allow big don back in the sidelines you can't what he did was a lot worse than a guy engaging with a moment which was a cool moment a pretty Wonderful celebration moment when it comes to Tyreek Hill. I wonder exactly what the NFL, if anything, you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you should be ahead of that. You say, Big Dom, just be in charge security, but you can't be anywhere near the football field. It was bad optics for everybody around, but especially if you're an Eagles organization and your coach after the game could not have apologized more profusely to Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers when it came to Nick Sirianni to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm 100% with you. It's okay, referees, to go, you know, say, hey, guys, you know, chill. 
That's my thing. Like, whatever happened to the days when referees, hey, man, you know, we're going to let these guys play a little bit. We know it's trash talking. We know Mm -hmm. things happen. Hey, guys, you know, cut it out. Let's get back to play. Yeah, exactly. Throw them out, tech them up, and oh, my gosh, it's just hard for me to watch every now. Like, oh, my God, Freddie, I'm done talking about it. It upsets me. Okay, let's make sure you're not upset anymore because Harry is not upset at the Cowboys Playoff Committee by keeping Florida State and Georgia out and allowing Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and Texas to be in. But did the committee get it right? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is a reggae Monday known as Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always to your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Let me tell you why Samsung is awesome. This Saturday, get game time radio with Samsung bespoke four-door flex refrigerator with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. Let's bring in Bill Connolly. He does a great job with ESPN Cowboy Rider, and I know he's got plenty to say because he said a lot on his Twitter handle at ESPN underscore Bill C about Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama in, Florida State, and Georgia out. Did the committee get the final rankings right in your opinion, Bill? Why or why not? Well, absolutely not. I mean, we every other level, every other sport, every other level of football, every other level of college football, nobody chooses their participants based on who would be, you know, favorite in a Vegas point spread. And that's exactly what we just did in leaving out an unbeaten power conference team whose offense did struggle after they lost their quarterback and whose defense also became basically the best in the country and completely shutting down Florida and Louisville in the process. And they, you know, they covered both games. They uh, only underachieved against projections a little bit, like five points a game in each game. Uh, They won out. They did everything you're supposed to be able to do to get a shot in a four-team playoff, and and they were deprived of that. And it's... I mean, this is the biggest black mark on the committee in 10 years, and and they're never going to be able to live this one down. So, Bill, let me ask you a question. Do you think Florida State, without Jordan Travis, with a backup quarterback, whether it's the second string or third string, do you deep down inside believe they're one of the four best teams in college football right now? 
Well, again, we're not talking about – I know we always say we talk about best. We, we never talk about best. It's who earns the spot to get there. They had one of the four best resumes. Um, and, again, you know, with the defense the way it was playing, they were absolutely going to have a shot. And, you know, even beyond all this, if we're talking about four best teams, Ohio State and Georgia should be there too because they'd be favored over everybody except Michigan, Alabama, and, and maybe Texas. So – we don't choose best. We choose best resumes. We choose most deserving, no matter what we call it. That's what it is, how this process goes everywhere else in every other sport, every other level of college football. And I think the committee just overthought this. And, and they, it, it's, it, you know, Alabama, now that they're there, they can absolutely win the thing. They're talented. We know they're talented. Uh, but this still isn't even one of the four best teams, maybe. It wasn't a slam dunk that Alabama should be there, even if it was best. Bill Connolly, ESPN College Football writer, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Not wanting to disagree with you, but I'm going to disagree with you. Here's why. Because, Bill, Bill, I'm not saying that you're at fault. I'm not going to say Harry's at fault for feeling the way you feel. But the College Football Playoff Committee did not help themselves because they keep changing the goalposts either every year or each and every week, which has led us to where we are, where plenty of people can yeah. make the case for Florida State and Georgia being in instead of Alabama, somebody else, that they should be on the outside looking in. Why does the college ball playoff committee keep doing this? And, and no one can say, well, it's good for the sport, because to me, this is not good for college football. Well, I mean, I think basically, you know, we, we get the weekly rankings and it does kind of show us that sometimes they react to a certain win or loss this way. Sometimes, mm-hmm. And I will say, I mean, I put out my, my stat rankings every week. Like, it's really you, – you, it's almost a naturally contradictory experience, uh, experience trying to actually put these lists out. So I, I get it. It's, it's very difficult, but the easiest thing in the world is if you're from a power conference and you're unbeaten, you're in the top four once there's, you know, less than four of them or less than five of them. And, and so the fact that they were in there heading into this past week – and their defense completely obliterated Louisville, far more than any other team had even come close. Uh, they won by double digits. That's more than Alabama beat Auburn the week before. And there just wasn't there just wasn't an excuse for moving teams the way they did. I, I mean, I know the logic they gave for it, but no. And you're and you're exactly right. I mean, the the contradictions are kind of inherent to the process, and and it's almost kind of like we hear too much from the committee sometimes, and it leads us to not trusting them anymore. All right, so Bill, I think the problem that I'm having with a lot of people when they talk about Florida State is that they obliterated Louisville. I went to Louisville. I've watched every single game that Louisville's played, <laughs> and anybody who's watched those games understand that Jeff Brom is loves to pass the football. There's a reason why he stopped loving passing the football and he resulted to the run game. Perfect example, Louisville has an opportunity to block a punt. They tackle a guy at the 10-yard line. Jack Plummer throws an interception, something that he's did in the Pittsburgh loss, the Kentucky loss. He had a bad fumble. So when people keep telling me about Florida State's defense versus Louisville, there's context within that because I can make the argument if Florida State played any one of those other teams in a championship game with a competent quarterback against them, <laughs> it would have looked totally different. And I'm saying that about a, a, a team that I – the university I went to and I watch every single game of. Yeah, I mean, Plummer, Plummer was all over the map this year. There's absolutely no question about mm-hmm. that. He had some, he had some very – in his defense, sort of, he had a few very, very, very good games. He was awful the other day, but 
when you're good some weeks and awful others, I'm, I'm pretty sure the defense has a role to play in that. And and sure. even with the run game, the run game wasn't working either. They just that was like, you know they averaged their I think their lowest yardage total was what like 306 or something like that. They didn't even hit 200 here. It was it was complete domination and that pass rush which. I was kind of yelling at him at the end of the game, like, what you know the pass rush is going to get rid of the ball. But he, he still, like, that had to have been at least partially because of Florida State. Like, that was a dominant performance on their part, too. Great stuff by Bill Connolly. He's an FOS friend of the show, ESPN College Football, writer on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Which team is the biggest snow, in your opinion? Georgia being dropped out of the top four or Florida State not being put into the top four? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, it's Florida State without a doubt because they had lost. Okay. Um, that That's just – that's a deal breaker for me. But, I, you know, it was interesting. I, you could kind of – I thought maybe Georgia was ahead enough of Texas and Alabama that maybe if they lost, the head-to-head wouldn't come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did, and you knew there was a possibility that that would happen because the committee – one thing they are very consistent on is – if two teams are very close together and Team A won, uh, you know, beat Team B, they're putting Team A ahead. And in this case, Texas had to be ahead of Alabama, which meant Alabama had to be ahead of Georgia. So I at least get the logic, even though I still think Georgia was probably the best team week to week all season. There's at least logic there. I, and, and technically, I guess there was logic to Florida State, too. I just hate the logic, and I, sure. I, I, I disavow that logic in every possible way. So we have the four teams now that, that have the opportunity to compete for a championship, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Of those four teams, who is your favorite to actually win the national championship? Well, I think as far as consistency goes, Michigan's easily been the most consistent team in the field. They, they were uh, MISP Plus rankings. They hit number one pretty early in the season, and they stayed there most of the time. I think they dipped down one week and then popped right back up to number one. Their defense is probably the best in the country. Um, they've just got a level of consistency that no, none of these other teams can, can come close to. If we're talking about upside, though. I really, I mean, Alabama, we know the upside they always have. I'm kind of leaning Texas in that regard. Their line play is fantastic. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, when he's in a rhythm calling plays, there's nobody in the business better. Um, So it is kind of, it's hard because I think I lay in Michigan because of the consistency, but that upside's awfully appealing at this point. And both, uh, you know, they both have a lot. And Washington has a lot of upside too, obviously, with that passing game. So it is an uncertain playoff, which is a, you know, even though as mad as I am at the selection, we, <laughs> sh- we could quite possibly get three good games out of this playoff. I'm going to, if you were part of the selection committee, what would be your criteria, Bill, to determine which teams could get in or get out if you had to decide on the four teams being a part of the playoff? What would the Bill Connolly criteria be to decide <laughs> that? Well, I mean, number one criteria is, yeah, if you went 13-0 in a power conference, you're in. I'm a, I'm a fan of the G5, too, so I, mm-hmm. you know, I was yelling about Cincinnati in 2020. Okay. I'm not ye- necessarily yelling about Liberty this year because their schedule was even worse than I can really defend. But, <laughs> um, but that, that, kind of, that makes it pretty easy. And I realize, you know, starting next year, this takes care of it. We have auto yep. bids. Uh, we'll have all, all those champs will get in no matter what. They can kind of hedge their bets on the injuries and all that stuff a little more, and that's fine. Um, but they, we, we're starting that playoff one year too late, and this year it, it just should have been a no-brainer. I understand the injury. I understand that it wasn't very fun watching Florida State uh, against Louisville the other day, but I respect uh, Florida State's overall team too much to, to have left them out. So let's talk about the transfer portal. We know that craziness and madness have started <laughs> oh, already. Yeah, when it comes to the next – Big quarterback. Which one of these guys do you think is going to make the biggest splash at their next program when you look at the quarterbacks that that have entered? 
Yeah, it's been pretty interesting because there are a lot of guys in there who are like, well, maybe I'll go pro, but you know, maybe I'll end up in the in the portal, and and so it's hard to tell for sure who's going to stay in there. But I do think you know Dylan Gabriel entering whenever that was. I've lost track of all time here today or yesterday, <laughs> whenever that was. That's a pretty interesting one to me because he might not have the ceiling that that a few guys have, but his proven level of production is pretty much off the charts. Um, you know, he could have been. You know, oh, you probably didn't do enough for him to re- make the the Heisman finalist list, but he probably came pretty close. Uh, and I think you know, within the right system, wherever he chooses to go here, that that's a he's a guaranteed three thousand yard guy, and there aren't just that many there are that many guys in there who are guaranteed to produce. We know he's going to produce. Hey, Bill, great, great stuff, my friend. Appreciate the agreement and disagreement that you have with us. And take care of people, <laughs> my man, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Great stuff by Bill Connolly, an FOS friend of the show, ESPN College Football writer. Hit him on Twitter. He's a great follow at ESPN underscore Bill C. He was here on Freddie and Harry. Thanks to being in good hands with Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. That's a college football playoff. And this good, home, good hands moment of the week brought to you by Allstate. With insurance with Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. You're going to be okay? You scratch your head over there, Harry. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I know. I know why you scratch your head. <laughs> about the whole Florida State <laughs> conversation. I'm just, because, man, bro, when I uh, – <laughs> Louisville played NC State. Literally, the quarterback. I, I want to check his damn bank account. They won the game, but man, the way he was playing, I literally want to check his bank account. You thought he was shaving points? That's yes, what you I thought did. He was doing one hundred percent. By the way, number four Alabama, number one Michigan. That's at five o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. Part of one semifinal, then eight forty-five in ESPN. The other semifinal, number three Texas. That takes on number two Washington. Both of those games on January first and New Year's Day. As of right now, Michigan a one and a half point favorite. Texas a four point favorite. But did the Coswell Committee get it right, or what was the biggest snub? Was it Georgia or Florida State being left out? Let us know right now. Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. Join us in the Dr. Pepper calling line. Did the Coswell did the Coswell playoff committee get it right by those four teams? And who was the biggest number between Georgia and Florida State? 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a reggae Monday known as Freddie and Harry because this is the time we start playing Christmas music as well, no matter what. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. In 10 minutes, you're going to find out who predicted Alabama would beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and the chaos that would ensue. Herm ever stops by to tell you about that in about 10 minutes. But we want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Did the Coswell Playoff Committee get it right? And which team was the biggest snuff that's not in it? Georgia or Florida State, 888-729-3776. Cody in Missouri, what do you have to say, my friend? Guys, we're getting hustled. The committee doesn't give a damn about Florida State. (laughs) What they care about is three of their four biggest brands in the playoffs and hours upon hours of free advertisement. 
Good job helping out with the game, guys. Y'all <laughs> the best thing on ESPN Radio. Thanks for being here every day I drive home. I love pre- you. Appreciate it. Much love back to you, Cody, Missouri. As long as we're getting you to your destination safely, then we're definitely doing our job. But I'm not going to say Cody's wrong either. No, he's not wrong. We we look about we look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now. You talk about Alabama. You look at Jalen Miro, how he's playing. But the number one thing, that brand, Alabama football. Mm-hmm. That the other thing that stands out is a guy named Nick Saban, aka the real Saint Nick, <laughs> who's won all those national championships. <laughs> just won the SEC championship, mm-hmm. undefeated in the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Nah. Then you have the Michigan Wolverines in which, what, what do they bring? A lot of coverage. Everyone's talking about them. They've been the villain. Right? You, you don't think the world right now wants to see Michigan go down? So guess what? We're going to match them up with Alabama. <laughs> so what kind of matchup do we have? Then you look at Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas is brand. going into another huge brand going into the SEC after this season. Yeah. Was able to win the Big 12. They have playmakers on their defense they have playmakers on offense you have all these things man and then you look at washington you look at the three-headed monster three three the hard way at the wide receiver position and michael pennis jr a heisman candidate you're gonna leave him out of the playoffs come on man florida state picked the worst time not to have the injury because those are going to happen with your quarterback but they picked the worst time to struggle versus a florida team that's not in a bowl and a Louisville team that couldn't score with a third-string quarterback. They picked the worst time to have those two games, and Alabama picked the best time to have their two games. Jalen Miller on the back of the end zone versus Auburn, who wasn't any good this year, and then the SEC Championship game beating a team that won 29 in a row. Brandon timing can be a lot of things, especially in college football. Ryan in Texas, did the college football playoff committee get it right or wrong, and why, my friend? Well, 100% they didn't get it right, but I'm going to agree. Every time y'all answer my phone, thank y'all for being on the air. It's the best stuff. Number two, they got it completely wrong from the get-go. It's kind of like I'm sure y'all never had a friend that dated somebody that y'all knew was back crazy, and y'all told them not to date him or date her, and then she – that's what the call us. that's what the committee did. They got it wrong from the get-go. They kept dating, and they made it – they made it four teams – You've got five Power Five conference teams, and now, you know what? He ended up marrying her. Now we're stuck, and they need a divorce. So next year we get the divorce. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, he almost swayed me based on that alone. Seriously, because he's not wrong. Anytime you have these kind of situations and you change the criteria, Every week, you get people saying, well, you guys have messed this whole thing up by trying to fit five into four. And because they lost all that money during the pandemic, all these athletic programs, and I warned people, Harry, when I said, watch, you know how they're going to make that money back? We're getting a 12-team playoff sooner or later. Well, I don't know about that, Fred. I said, they love a lot of things in college athletics, money and power, and they love a lot of money. And when they lost a lot of money, how do you get it back? All of a sudden, we got a 12-team playoff, and ESPN and Fox Sports involved. All of a sudden, they're making that money back. Four teams, five uh, power conferences. You, you can't fit a square peg in a round hole. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll leave, th- leave it there. I still love the divorce analogy. <laughs> As somebody who's been divorced, more sympathetic, I could not be what he had to say. Scott in Tallahassee, Florida. We got a pretty good idea where this is going to go. We're going to give you a chance to be heard on Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. Scott, did the Coswell Playoff Committee get it right or did they get it wrong and why? 
Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, everyone keeps talking about the eye test and how FSU didn't look good against Florida. Well, Alabama basically lost that game event against Auburn. I mean, if that idiot for Auburn doesn't try and field that punt, which he has no business fielding, and then they talk about how our quarterback had 55 yards passing, well, hell, the Michigan starting quarterback only had 147 yards passing. So <laughs> it just seems really inconsistent. Well, I can say this. When you look at the two rivalry games, Florida, Florida State, one I grew up actually going to a lot, Auburn, Alabama. You look at the last 10 years of that Auburn, Alabama game. Something weird always happens. It's something weird that always happens. It doesn't matter who is playing on both sides and what the records are. So I think that rivalry has a little bit more backage, more so than the Florida State-Florida rivalry game. It's it's funny you mention that and what he just mentioned because – Let's go to the team that's number one in the polls in Michigan. They've had an awful schedule. Mm-hmm. They didn't play a damn soul. And they play Penn State. Penn State never wins big games like that. I'm a James Franklin fan, but they never win those big games since he's gotten there. They've always lost to Michigan and Ohio State. And Ohio State, remember, last year they got in, and they didn't win the Big Ten. They lost to Michigan the final game in the regular season. Michigan was the Big Ten championship. But Ohio State was able to get them because last year the committee said, we want to have the four best teams in and the college football playoff. And they need well, they definitely remember, need help. Remember, remember USC lost? Absolutely. Lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship yep. game. They needed that help. Florida State was like, we don't need help. If we win out, we should be in the playoff. We're in a Power 5 conference, and we're able to do this without our starting quarterback in the last couple of games. They're getting punished because of how they looked and not how it was supposed to be, what the committee told them that they had to do. You win all your games, and a championship of the Power 5 Conference, you're going to be in. Here's what the committee said, and I'm a huge Lee Corso friend, uh, fan, and I got my pencil in my hand. Not so fast, my friend. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. we, a lot of people thought they were going to get in, but the committee had different plans. Exactly. They were those foxes sneaking around the chicken coop, and unfortunately for Florida State, they were the chicken that got caught. But we were warned about this, when a certain FOS friend of the show said, if Alabama wins, that person, Hermed, was joins us next to call the 5 o'clock hour on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.